Aloha. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. Did you know that Einstein slept 10 hours a day? You wonder, do any of us get that much rest? Sleep, really good restorative sleep, can revolutionize your health. In fact, almost everything that you have as a medical condition. Your body helps to work to restore its balance when you're in your deeper stages of sleep. So if you're not getting there, you're not getting better. So today we're going to talk about how that is one of the key building blocks to helping take care of any health problem you may have and how that sleep in and of itself provides so many essential functions for the body. So how do we know this? Well, we are going to be talking with a guest who's been on before, Dr. Catherine Caruso. She is a physician and licensed acupuncturist who has done a lot of study at the combining both the Western and Eastern medical health traditions and finding ways to really help balance people's health by balancing the different ways that we approach their health and their ways to improve and get better from their illnesses. So thank you for joining me today on The Body Show. Thank you for having me. Now, the last time we had you on, you talked about one of your previous books, and that one was really looking at how the mind has a lot to do with health and how these different traditions of Eastern and Western medicine combined together can really be much more effective than just choosing one aspect versus the other. So that book was sort of your initial foray into helping to really help educate folks about what's out there and how they can focus on more of a wellness aspect rather than an illness aspect. How did that translate into where your next book in the series has gone? Well, um, in reality, the first book was actually the first half of a book that we were writing, um, Dr. Kuhn and I, um, looking at uh, the general uh, aspects of combining Eastern and Western medicine, and then talking about specific conditions. And we started to realize that one book tackling all the different conditions we wanted to address would simply be too long. And so now we have divided uh, these things up into a series. uh, And the second book of the series, the first of the specific um, conditions, addresses the mind. And the mind encompasses uh, sleep, sleep disorders, anxiety, and depression. So what is the biggest problem with sleep? We're just not getting enough. We're just sleeping at the wrong time. We don't think we need more as much as we do. What is our biggest myth about sleep that you have been able to figure out the truth to? I think the uh, biggest myth about sleep is that we... Uh, think we can function well on less sleep than we actually need. Um, People in uh, a lot of industrialized countries uh, are getting less than seven hours sleep a night, sometimes less than six, closer to five, depending upon um, their jobs, their circumstances, how much they uh, use computers and screens uh, at night. And they think that they are functioning well the next day um, by using uh, caffeinated beverages. And uh, they're keeping up this uh, sort of vicious cycle in which they are uh, using substances to impair their sleep. And they're not getting enough sleep in the first place. And so uh, it's a vicious downward spiral. You've just described 
my life, my vicious downward <laughs> spiral. So, so the idea is that if you don't get enough rest during the during the night mm-hmm. and restore, restorative sleep, not just hours of sleep, but actual restorative sleep, correct? Because there is a difference. Yes. So, if I don't get enough sleep, that's why I reach for caffeine in the morning, mm-hmm. and then as I caffeinate myself all day. I wonder why it's time to go to bed, and I'm like, I'm not ready yet. I'm going to stay up, going to get some more work done. And -hmm. then I go to sleep late, and I just start this spiral downhill the Mm -hmm. whole time. So how do I stop it? What do I do? Do I just, like, cut the caffeine? Because that's going to give me a headache, and I'm not a nice person when that happens. Well, it... It has to have a sort of a multi-pronged approach. Oh, <laughs> yeah. more than just cut the caffeine. More than just caffeine. All right, what are my prongs? What do I got to do? So um, it's keeping your caffeine uh, before noon is a good start. Because okay, so cut myself off at lunchtime. Basically, because okay. uh, the half-life of one cup of coffee is about six hours. But the quarter-life, meaning that... Uh, there's still about a quarter of the amount of caffeine that you have had in one cup of coffee, and most people have more than one cup of coffee. That quarter life is about 12 hours. So if you want to be falling asleep about, say, 10, 11 o'clock at night, then you have to make sure that you haven't had any coffee you know, after, say, 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning. So uh, I personally really like coffee. I, I remember my first ever cup of coffee when I was a kid, but uh, I do my best to keep the coffee in the morning. So what if I'm not a coffee drinker? I'm more of a, dare I even admit it, diet soda drinker. Uh, so it's less total amount of caffeine, and I like the bubbles. Still cut myself off at noon. Yes, because you're still getting the caffeine later. In, and later in the day, it'll still keep help keep you awake. Yeah, not a happy camper. Okay. So you can have it, cut it at noon. Mm-hmm. All right, what's what's another prong? What else do I have to do? Stop looking at my phone before I go to bed? Yes. But I need to. That's a, well, you need to leave yourself a gap. So mm-hmm. you need to leave yourself uh between one and two hours, preferably two, um, where you're not looking at any screens because the blue light from the computer screens tells the part of your brain that is in charge of your circadian sleep-wake cycle, that it is time to wake up. And um, they are manufacturing now these glasses that you can wear to block out the blue light, but you're still uh, exposing yourself to stimulus of whatever you're looking at can be agitating or can cause you to worry or to think about uh, other things during during the night that you need to have this space where you can wind down and do something relaxing at night. So even if I turn my Kindle or my iBook screen to like dark black with white lettering, I'm still it's a fantasy. I'm still I'm still keeping myself up. Well, it, it still contributes. Um, it an old-fashioned paper book would be quite acceptable. Okay. Uh, um, go old school. Go old school. Then I got the light on. And so, well, you can dim, you, you can have one reading light, but okay. you, you know, dim, dim your lights in your house. Uh, some people even use um, the red lights that uh, you can still see in the hallways and, and things like that, but you're not exposing yourself to blue lights. Um, another thing that people can do is uh, have a warm bath or shower at night. And what that does is... Um, it, uh, as your body dissipates the heat from the warm bath or shower, your core body temperature drops, and that also will help you sleep. Yeah, these past couple of weeks in Hawaii, core body temperature has yeah. not been dropping. It's been pretty darn mm-hmm. hot. 
And I think one of the things that will uh, help people understand the importance of um, giving themselves enough time to get a minimum of seven hours sleep is understanding the architecture of the whole sleep cycle. Um, In medical school, we learned that uh, uh, one uh, sleep cycle is composed of about 90 minutes, and there are about five cycles that go on through the whole night. Um, But what we're discovering, uh, the neuroscientists who have been doing sleep research are discovering, is that the the ratio of the really restorative rapid eye movement sleep, REM sleep, and the non-REM sleep within each of the individual five cycles is different throughout the night. So the most restorative sleep that you get is in that very last fifth cycle. So if you're not giving yourself an opportunity to go through all five cycles, you're losing about 25%, 20 to 25% of the restorative sleep that you could be getting every night. And people who wear, um, uh, you know, the wristwatches that tell them how they sleep, um, they, they note that. They'll say, oh, I was really sleeping well, but then I had to get up in the morning to go to work and it cut it off. And, and they will notice the difference. So trying to creep back your bedtime to allow uh, you know, a sleep opportunity um, of about eight hours um, would be probably the most important thing you could do. All right. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, hearing about the downward spiral of bad sleep cycles and the many-pronged approach I need to take to be doing things better. And I'm learning this from Dr. Catherine Caruso, and she is a physician who has recently written the second half of a book which is entitled True Wellness, The Mind. When we come back, we're going to talk some more about what are some ways that you can help make sure that you have that ability to fall asleep, maybe a little earlier than usual, and how we can all work on our sleep cycle to make sure that we're getting the time that we need so that we can be as alert and productive during the day as we can. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm here in the studio with Dr. Catherine Caruso. She's a physician and licensed acupuncturist who has found a way to really bring the best of Western and Eastern medicine together to help people work on all natural ways to improve their lifestyle and improve their health. Now, right before the break, we were talking about the top bad habits that apparently I have that really help to keep us from getting the rest that we need and the number of sleep cycles that are the most effective for our body. So, you know, you mentioned that it's that last fifth stage where you get the most REM sleep. And you know that's when your alarm goes off. I mean, I don't know about you, but you know that's when it goes off. And you know, oh, no, if I just had five more minutes, and usually I don't. But what can someone do to try and help themselves to get to bed earlier? I mean, if you suddenly say, I'm going to go to bed an hour earlier, you're going to lay there for an hour and you're going to whip out your phone or your, your tablet and maybe a real book, and you're going to read for a while. So is there an incremental way that someone can address this? And if so, how would you go about it? Well, um, the first thing is that you're, you're quite right. Uh, going to bed an hour earlier than you normally do will, um, will usually not work. Um, so 
over a uh, course of a month, uh, go to bed 15 minutes earlier every week. And uh, make sure that you get up at the same time every morning, even on the weekends. Why do I not like this suggestion? <laughs> because I want to sleep a little longer on the weekends. I can't? Well, then you won't be able to go to sleep at the usual time in the evenings. I mean, you, what you're trying to do is make a, a significant lifestyle change. And so until you have managed to make that shift, uh, ideally, getting up at the same time, even on the weekends, is something that, that has to be done. And once, once you're getting enough restorative sleep and you're waking up before your alarm, then, then you can afford to uh, play around with it a little on the weekends. So that's why if I can't really fall asleep Sunday night because I slept in a little bit on Sunday, then Monday I'm dragging. Right. And I'm, I'm going out to get more caffeine. Yes. And then Monday night I'm a little wired. Mm-hmm. And then it takes till like Tuesday or Wednesday to really settle down a bit. Yeah. And then as soon as you do, you blow it on the weekends again. Exactly. So it's worth mm-hmm. being disciplined about it um, for the first month or so. Um, the other uh, uh, part of what's now known as sleep hygiene is um, when you're in bed and you're having trouble falling asleep, don't just lie there and think about how you're not falling asleep or looking at the alarm clock and watching them seconds tick by. If you're not asleep in 15 to 20 minutes, get out of bed, uh, do something relaxing, do some stretching or breathing exercises or read a book or have a bath. Don't go onto the screens and um, uh, then try again when you're starting to feel sleepy. And if you haven't fallen asleep in another 15, 20 minutes, get up again. Initially, it might be a little tricky, um, but eventually your body will learn that uh, when I go to bed, I'm supposed to fall asleep. Um, uh, Bedrooms should not be used for uh, doing homework, doing office work, watching television, anything uh, of that nature. There's... Like, I'm just looking at you like she's got (laughs) a window to my soul. (laughs) <laughs> to my room, which has a couch and a television and all the stuff I'm trying to read right next to my bed. Yeah. Okay. So now the consequences of not getting good rest. Let's talk about the reason why I should be listening to your suggestions. So there are some consequences, and it's not just people who might be a little tired at work or taking in too much caffeine. Mm-hmm. In the extreme examples, there are serious medical problems that can occur Absolutely. if you're not getting rest. So what are some of those things that can happen? Give me some motivation to get up early every day on the weekends. Well, uh, the World Health Organization has recently um, labeled sleep deprivation as a risk for cancer. Okay. The big cancer. All yeah, right. I'm, I'm a little motivated. Okay. Give me something else. Okay. There is a strong association between uh, sleep deprivation and cardiovascular disease. Okay. Heart attacks okay. and strokes. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Cancer, <laughs> heart attacks and strokes. Lots of motivation there to get an alarm for Saturday and Sunday. You got another one for me? Um uh, Dr. Matthew Walker, who is uh, one of the world's leading sleep scientists, has done a lot of research, and they found that one bad night's sleep will decrease the effectiveness of your natural killer cells by 70%, and those are the cells that help to fight off infection and help to uh, kill emerging cancer cells. All right, so ding, so, ding, ding. Less cancer. Mm-hmm 
decreased risk of heart disease, and you're not going to get sick. Which, ironically, mm-hmm. if you get sick, you get tired, and you go to bed. Yes. It's like your body saying, we want some more natural killer cells. You won't get some rest. We'll just let you get sick, and now you'll rest. Yes, exactly. So the body has a way of making these things happen. Uh, one thing that it, that uh, ties into our book um, quite interestingly is the the very strong association between uh, sleep difficulties and uh, mental health problems. Um, uh, in Dr. Walker's lab, they've been doing um, studies and they have found that in every single uh, uh, mental health disease that they have tested, they have never found anybody who has a normal sleep pattern. So some of these mental health conditions might not be something that, you know, I would have. I would Mm -hmm. hope not. But if somebody had a mental health condition and you looked at their sleep patterns, Mm -hmm. it's totally altered and not following a good restorative pattern. So it's not necessarily saying that uh, poor sleep will cause mental health problems. But people with mental mental health health problems problems often have poor sleep. And often predates the emergence of the actual mental health problems. And studies have shown that by improving the quality of uh, the sleep of patients who have mental health difficulties, improves their um, mental health symptoms by more than 50%. So it does help them to sleep better. It helps them in their everyday life. So what sort of mental health conditions are we talking about? Are we talking about schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, depression, anxiety, the whole gamut? The whole gamut. So if you have that condition, getting more restorative, better sleep, scheduled, same time mm-hmm. on weekends, et cetera, is it's definitely good for you. And if you don't have those conditions, getting good sleep will help you work on you know the whole issue of reducing your cardiovascular risk, mm-hmm. reducing your cancer risk, and improving your immune system to help fight against some of those very things that you don't want to get. Mm-hmm. So, so why isn't everyone just sleeping right now? I mean, I just want to go take a nap after all this discussion. Instead of going to the gym, I'm going to be like, I need to go do some cancer restoration. I want to prevent cancer. I'm going to go to bed. Is it as good as exercise? Should I be trying to sleep more? And I should pre- well, I should be exercising more. I'm not going to well, say we should, less. We should, all be, we should all be doing these things. We should all be eating uh, nutritiously. We should all be exercising. We should all be involved in some... Uh, stress management, uh, you know, meditation or qigong or tai chi, but the fa- I'm becoming more and more convinced that the that the the base on which all of these um, uh, modalities sit is sleep. Well, yeah, because if you don't get good rest, you don't have time to do those. Exactly, or you don't right. have the energy to do those, and it's it's it goes both ways. The better you sleep, the more inclined you are to exercise. The better you exercise. Um, the better food choices you make, um, also sleep, um, getting good sleep also uh, um, manages your uh, metabolism in a way that uh, is a positive way. Even if you're not sleeping well, you will eat two to 300 more calories each day if you're underslept. Sure, because you get a sugar high. Right. And it wakes you up. Yeah. Sugar high with caffeine. Ooh, Mm -hmm. there goes the afternoon. All right, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Catherine Caruso. When we come back, we're going to talk more about her latest edition of the book, True Wellness, The Mind, and how that's going to help all of us to really find that basis of getting our sleep in order to improve the rest of our health. We'll be right back. Stay with us. 
Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak, and I'm learning how to fix my life because apparently all of the bad things that people could do, I may be doing all of them. Over-caffeinating, sleeping in on weekends, having sugar highs in the afternoon to give you energy, and not getting restorative sleep. So guilty on all those counts, but here to help me is Dr. Catherine Caruso, and she is a physician and licensed acupuncturist, and she's really found that great balance between Eastern and Western medicine and how to promote wellness in addition to treating illness by looking at some of the basics and trying to help people change their lifestyle to improve their health. So right before the break, we were talking about that issue of what's the benefit of better sleep. And we mentioned it can help with a variety of different things. We've seen that better sleep can help to be associated with better activity of your immune system to fight cancer, to fight infection, and decrease cardiovascular risks and better metabolism. And now I want to call out of work just to be uh, sleeping, which sounds great. But in, in the perfect world, how could somebody structure their day so that they can maximize the benefits of these things because I often wonder there's people who you know particularly here in Hawaii you have people who are working one job then they go to a second job they have limited amount of time to sleep they try and catch up on weekends they're doing their best to make ends meet so the perfect world we're all doing great and making lots of money and having lots of wonderful things happen in our lives and then there's the realistic world so how can we fix that dichotomy there well, I think uh, the first step is to really examine how you spend your time. And, and there's no question a lot of people are s- stressed um, and under time crunches and working two jobs and running the kids here and there. And they have to get up early in the morning and they're they're doing things until late, late at night. Um, so uh, we all need to take a hard look at, at the end of the day, what are we really doing in the lo- those last few hours Um there's uh, uh, people uh, do tend to want to have some downtime and they want to look at their, you know, Facebook and, and they. Oh, I'm so guilty. They now yeah. give you my phone tells me how much time I've been on it all day, oh. how many times I've accessed social media uh-huh. and how often I've looked at my email. And I was just so shocked. I'm like, I've got to stop touching this thing. This makes me look like I'm crazy. So, yeah, there's yeah. a lot going on. I, I feel like I need to catch up on things. But in reality, I really don't. Yeah, it, I think it's uh, important to really um, commit to uh, making these modifications uh, because people will feel so much better um, if they do spend the time and the effort to get a really good full night's sleep. And we all know that we feel better when, when, we, when we do that. So it's really a matter of uh, making the commitment to start and incrementally shifting your bedtime back by 15 minutes for just 15 minutes and then another 15 minutes the next week and another until you're going to bed maybe an hour earlier than you usually are and then see where you are with that. Um, other things that can help you sleep better are exercising more uh, more regularly. Um, acupuncture is actually a great modality to help people with insomnia or just generally sleep better. Uh, uh, usually the night of an acupuncture treatment, people sleep extremely well, and sometimes that lasts for days thereafter. So so if you're, someone is really having difficulty with insomnia, um, falling or staying asleep, um, seeing a licensed acupuncturist is a very good start. 
And don't take a bunch of medicine. I mean, these days we know that some of the sleep medications have adverse side effects and they can Mm -hmm. cause other problems. People can get addicted to them. There's all sorts of other consequences. So sleeping pills are not the solution. Absolutely not. I would say they're part of the problem. Um, The quality of sleep that people get if they do take sleeping pills, it's not restorative sleep. um, And so uh, many patients are in a position where um, they... Uh, were under a very stressful situation, and a very well-meaning physician wrote them a prescription um, that was for longer than two weeks, and they ended up getting hooked on this medication and had a very difficult time getting off um, because of the changes that occur in the brain. What about melatonin? Melatonin can be very useful. All right, so yeah. melatonin's okay. Melatonin's okay. Ambien or its no. friends... Don't go there if yeah. it's more than two weeks. Exactly. Maybe for a plane ride, jet lag, okay, one or two days to accommodate to a new cycle, but not something you should do regularly. I, I, I actually uh, don't even do don't, that. I wouldn't even go there. Benadryl. Um, Benadryl. I just think there are so many other things you could be trying before yeah. before all of the Do all the of exercise, do the stretches, Is take it, the bath, yeah. get your better sleep, stop your caffeine at lunchtime. Exactly. Okay. Um, it's it's it'll be well 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 worth it in in the end. Chocolate is that keeping me up? Because I want some right now, but I also want a nap. Well, I it depends on the uh, how how good the chocolate is. Um, Consider per- it extremely good. good. Yeah, probably not good for you. Well, c- we're not talking your high percentage cacao. We're okay. talking add some milk in there and make okay. it yummy. It probably isn't isn't that yeah. bad. But per- personally, I cannot eat more than um, a chocolate that has more than seventy percent cacao, or it affects my sleep. Oh, so if you have the higher amount of cacao, you're you're up. I'm you're up. Yeah, caffeinated. I am. Okay. <laughs> So don't cacao if you I mean, want to Everybody's go to bed. different, yeah, but I, right. I have noticed that. I'm so. amazed at those people who say, I can drink a cappuccino and go to sleep. And I'm like, really? There's so much caffeine. Yeah, some, pe- some people are like that, but not the majority. Okay. So, yeah. Alcohol. Uh, alcohol um, sedates you. It doesn't uh, – there's a difference. So um, it really disrupts the quality of your sleep. Um, so to use alcohol um, – on a regular basis to help you sleep is really very detrimental. So long-term, yeah. find a natural way, get into a pattern. And I think mm-hmm. you've mentioned that after you do this for a few weeks, if you can establish a pattern mm-hmm. for a certain period of time, your body gets used to it, mm-hmm. and you really could potentially get up before the alarm. It does happen. Uh, and people, I think also um, people who stand fast and say, no, I really need eight and a half hours sleep and really stick to it. Um, in the past, I think they've they've gotten short shrift and been looked at as maybe a wuss because they can't, you know, function oh, with I less Oh, I respect sleep. them now. And so you should. Um, and, and so I think a, a shift in the way we view sleep societally is really important. Well, they're doing cancer prevention when they're sleeping those eight and a half hours. Mm -hmm. All right. So now you've come out with this book. You have a book signing coming up in uh, Kailua, one of my favorite places to go. Yeah, bookends. uh, Mainly for the beach. But bookends, it's one of the few bookstores we have here on the island. Yes. One of like, I think, two, three. I'm not sure. Yeah, no, it's a fantastic bookstore in Kailua. And I'll be there on Saturday, August 17th at noon. 
And so you'll be telling people about your book, signing your book, and if someone else wants to know about the restorative effects of sleep on your health, mm-hmm. this is this is where you can find it. Absolutely. And it's scientifically based. It's not, you didn't make this stuff up. Oh, no. I mean, uh, I made fun of myself because I really do all those <laughs> things. But, That's I mean, this is a pattern and, and a philosophy you follow as well. I, I do. All right. I'm guilted into it. Going to go to bed early tonight. Going to cut my caffeine at noon. Well, you call me in a month and you see how this is going because... I better have done it. All right, and thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. That's Dr. Catherine Caruso, physician, licensed acupuncturist, author of True Wellness, The Mind. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on hawaiipublicradio.org, follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find us on the HPR app. Our engineer is David Chong. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week right here on The Body Show. We'll see if I've cut my caffeine at noon. I'm going to try. I will. Woo!